Mesdames et Messieurs, écoutez bien. Welcome to Fashion Mode with Charles Daniel MacDonald on World Radio Paris and Monaco. Brought to you in association with Force Magazine. Bonjour and welcome to Fashion Mode. This is a primetime fashion show for World Radio France, brought to you in association with Force magazine. I'm Charles Daniel MacDonald and I'll be hosting the show exclusively for the WRP Network. In today's show, I'm going to be looking at all things beautiful. More specifically, the science of beauty, its place in the metaverse, the spirituality of its algorithms and why it's not cool to smile on the runway. The Mathematics of Beauty and the Golden Ratio Is beauty just in the eye of the beholder or is there a method behind it? Well, actors, actresses and models exhibit features that many people like and when someone mentions that a dog looks adorable or a baby looks cute these are taken as compliments. Natural beauty, it seems, is not a random thing. Observed in nature, it seems to show a repeated pattern that has symmetry but not quite a simple explanation. In humans and animals, it appears to be a genetic code that's passed on from generations through DNA. And it appears there is something at work here that cannot be created at will, but only by nature. Observing beauty in objects and people, early mathematicians have detected what seemed to be a pattern. It's called the golden ratio, and it's symbolised by the Greek letter phi, which has a constant value of 1.618. Interestingly enough, Leonardo da Vinci used the ratio to define a symmetry in structures, including the human body, in which is aesthetically pleasing to the human eye. In da Vinci's study, it's the proportion of measurements of a person's body parts in relation to another body part. So let's say you compare the measurements of two body parts, like those denoted by A to the B, and lips. The mathematical ratio is described as 1 to 1.618. Sounds scientific? Well, it should be. To further explain this relationship, the number or ratio is found by dividing the object into two completely symmetrical parts. It must be divided so that the longer part divided by the smaller part is also equal to the whole length of the divided by the number part. Fibonacci numbers, and what interests me here is something called the Fibonacci number sequence. Now this is a very fundamental lesson in mathematics, and it's related to the golden ratio in a way that the ratio of any two Fibonacci numbers is close. The first two numbers in the Fibonacci sequence are either 1 and 1, or 0 and 1, depending on the chosen starting point of the sequence, and each subsequent number is the sum of the previous two. Without getting too mathematical, as the numbers in the sequence get higher or larger, they get even closer to 1.618 in terms of decimal precision. A lot of the ratio results in 1.6, so there's a close relationship here. Using the formula, there are some examples you can start with. For Fibonacci numbers between 5 and 8, you can take transparent ratios of 8 upon 5, which is 1.6. Anyway, all of this is quite mathematical. 
Another way to look at the Fibonacci numbers is through visualisation and a fine example of what is called the Fibonacci spiral. There's many cases of this on Google if you want to reference and many artists and even fashion designers to this day have realised the potency and beauty of this symmetry. Within photography and retouching, it seems to follow a pattern that the most beautiful and attractive people have a template. Now, this template is called the Marquardi Beauty Mask, and it was created, funnily enough, by Dr. Stephen Marquardi. It's just a template that describes the idealised form of the human face. Now, in no way is this a standard form for beauty, so don't get me wrong on that explanation. This is quite simply a geometrical mask, a mask that is based on the proportions that are calculated using the above golden ratio. The template can be superimposed on top of existing photographs of faces to show how well it fits dimensions. Within the article, there's many fits within the mask on photographs that have been taken to see within the world of celebrity if there's a perfect match. Some of them do not appear to come close, however, some appear to be an almost perfect fit. This reinforces the notion that beauty is computational and it's based on instructions coded within the person's very DNA. However, let us not accept this as scientific evidence just yet. The construct of beauty in human beings is rather complicated because of the diversity in culture and the human gene pool. People come in different shapes, forms, sizes and colours. Therefore, beauty itself cannot be based just on the proportions, but also on the perspective of the person itself. Beauty brands have a natural edge on TikTok and YouTube, but they're lagging the fashion industry in making a splash within the virtual world. Without the logos and distinctive characteristics of apparel and accessories, it's unclear how skincare, makeup and fragrance will establish a presence and a purpose within Web3. In early June, I got a picture about Quinique's latest Web3 initiative, Metaverse Like Us an NFT campaign created in direct response to the lack of diversity, inclusion and accessibility that exists in Web3, according to an email sent by a PR firm. The brand teamed up with makeup artists and content creators in a bid to cement Clinique's commitment to building a better and more inclusive digital beauty world focused on accessibility to address the lack of representation within the metaverse. Close quotes. A corresponding image featured a diverse group, avatars of colour, including none what was disabled, and another one with skin conditions that causes skin pigmentation. The change starts with us and it's our responsibility to ensure the same makes aren't repeated within the world the pitch read. When the campaign went live, employers on LinkedIn posted the image of Clinique's real-life team in the metaverse. A virtual rendering showed over 40 Quinique employees who work at the corporate level and were cheering, smiling and holding their arms up triumphantly. 
almost all of them appeared to be white and able-bodied. The image wasn't shared with the media or meant to be seen by Quinique's customers, but it's a good example of the legacy beauty label missing the mark on some believed to be the next big thing. Metaverse Like Us could have been impactful had it been created by a company that embodied the message it actually was broadcasting. Instead, it's simply a brand latching onto an issue, diversity and inclusion, and the platform of the moment, an NFT campaign. It's a time-tested way to grab headlines and gives the brand manager an answer when the bosses inevitably ask, what are we doing about the metaverse? What are we doing about inclusion? In a statement, the Quinique spokesperson said the campaign led to the second highest weekly gain of followers on Instagram across the last two years and a 400% increase of time spent on the page versus site average and that it had received positive feedback from members of the community represented by the NFTs. The DAS 3D Non-Fungible People NFT collection was produced to promote greater representation in the metaverse, the spokesman said. It was done thoughtfully in consultation with many experts in many fields, with both internal and external communities, ensuring the content was authentic. We don't mean to single out Quinique here, Nars, Estee Lauder, Charlotte Tilbury and others have launched various metaverse initiatives. While inclusivity may not have been their focus, these efforts have one thing in common. Each in its own way fails to meet customers where they consume beauty content, giving these projects a feeling of existing because the brands think they have to have some sort of presence within the metaverse. We aren't going to talk about these things much beyond the fact that initial bust of publicity. The return on investment on beauty is questionable already and showing up in the metaverse for no reason feels like a complete misunderstanding of beauty companies' purpose and the purpose of inclusion. You could say many of the same things about fashion's NFT experiments, but it's easier to envision a world where those brands build real businesses selling virtual clothing or other products that actually tie into the clothes people wear. It's harder to imagine people applying an advanced night serum NFT to enhance their avatar skin, and no beauty brand has come up with a truly compelling future for this technology within their industry. So while it's understandable why beauty wants to play a space in a world that's already been dominated by fashion, it also somewhat feels like someone younger's sibling is following them to a party. There are many places online where beauty has an edge on fashion, Let's take, for example, TikTok and YouTube. When it comes to Web3, fashion's been quicker to find early ways to play in the space, and it's easier to understand how exclusive, limited apparel and accessories drop and translate into this virtual world. The brands that have been the loudest about their Web3 projects stand out from Nike to Gucci and Balenciaga, and of course, they most certainly fit nicely into the hype visual representation of fashion. At the end of the day in this industry, clout is clout. Without logos and distinctive characteristics of apparel and accessories, it's to me unclear how skin care, makeup and fragrance will establish a presence and a purpose in Web3. A pink lipstick or a limited edition serum NFT that makes your avatar skin glow can come from any brand. You might proudly show off a Chanel logo on your bag, but not on your avatar's lips. Some beauty brands have creative visual content, like duos under eye masks that could translate to the metaverse. 
They can also sell merch, Glossier's Pink Hoodie, which had a thousands long wait list and would possibly be an NFT if Timothy Chalamet had wore it in 2021 instead of 2019. But there is a place for skincare brands which mostly sell products that can't even be seen in photos or in a video. Well, let's wait, because for makeup, with the augmented reality and virtual try-on tools offered by Sephora or NYX, translating to Web3. This seems unlikely that a customer will head to the metaverse for a virtual try-on using a retailer's app or such a similar in-store tool. When it comes to products, with brands selling virtual versions of their existing products, will avatars be able to wear digital versions of real-life shades of lipstick? How do you discern a virtual shade sold by NARS from Charlotte Tilsbury? Then there's also FOMO. And despite these challenges, many of these companies, especially the ones with financial means to do so, are just trying it out because it's the hot new thing and they don't want to be left behind. For now, the beauty industry is mostly left with marketing. NFTs are based on bestsellers, virtual storefronts and advertising. It's just not that exciting and it isn't going to transform how these companies interact with customers. With much of the crypto world melting down right now, it might make more sense for brands to wait and see what emerges from the rubble, rather than burn themselves rushing into cheesy one-off projects. Algorithm ever be spiritual? Well, in 2020, 17-year-old Marty Gonzalez posted a video on TikTok featuring photos of extremely flashy wealth, large sums of cash, a yacht, a mansion with a pool, and watches, plus loads of Chanel bags. Marty made an unusual claim that if you see this, your lifestyle would be like this if you're older. And in other words, if the mysterious algorithm that governs TikTok has chosen to serve you, all of the millions of videos on the platform, like this one, must mean something. Marty then encouraged anyone who came across the video to like it, to claim their future, and no surprise, the over 3 million people did. The premise of the video, and others like it, is that the TikTok algorithm itself is a spiritual force, delivering a message of wealth to those who are meant to see it. Marty says he believes his videos are to get the right people with meditation and right timing. And what we know about the TikTok algorithm, however, means that it's more likely Marty's videos show up in the feed of people who had previously shown an interest in spirituality or manifestation videos, especially if it used hashtags like the namesakes. Still, it can feel coincidental since random videos do appear on the For You page from time to time. Marty's video is just one of many that claim to use the algorithm as a tool for divine messaging. If you're seeing this on a page, and your page is clearly a message for you. As a common phrase you'll come across on Tarot TikTok, 
and a subsection of the video sharing platform where tarot readers and spiritual workers share mass readings. One video assures viewers that they have three different people interested in them. Currently, another promises that something you thought had ended is coming back this weekend. Others claim that God inspired them to post their TikTok with a message for others, saying that those who come across the videos are different and they are about to be uniquely blessed with levels you never thought were possible. Does this sound concerning? Well, it should be. We don't often romanticise the other algorithms around us. For example, couples who meet on a dating app might consider their love was meant to be, even if their compatibility was actually predicted by data analysts at Hinge. However, it's rare to consider scrolling past an Instagram post as divine timing or a recommendation from Uber Eats as having a higher purpose. Does this sound hard? Well, it's actually the truth. Yet these systems live alongside us and shape modern life, bringing in a number of moral concerns when considering that they are built, controlled and manipulated by tech companies for profit. Everything is connected to spirituality because, at the end of the day, we are spiritual beings and these devices are spirited in themselves, says Nima Gifre, who describes herself as a guerrilla theorist and a curator. Her work explores love and indigenity in a time of algorithmic debris. She also claims that we've come to associate algorithms with surveillance capitalism, but many of them have been derived from indigenous mathematical practices. There are crystals in our computers that are charging energy and used in the creation of the devices we are using. Since algorithms are created by and for people, they're as only as spiritual as the people using them. Social media doesn't exist in a vacuum, and in the sense that these things we are constantly thinking of and interacting with do shape our reality, virtual or some wise. Linnea, a bruja who goes by the Astrolinea and she has astrology videos on TikTok, says If I'm absolutely heartbroken and only interacting with videos about a lost love, then I'm going to have a very sad weepy for you page. Linnea finds viral specific tarot readings mind-boggling and hilarious, as they show how many of us are going through the exact same thing. How many of us are actually dealing with a toxic Libra who wears black hats and drives a blue car? More than 10 plus, I would say. Considering the current shift away from traditional religion towards a more flexible, new-gen spirituality, it's a little surprise to say we are more open to viewing social media platforms as a spiritual force in our lives. The LA-based diviner Portia Little, who offers one-to-one tarot readings and shares tarot readings for zodiac signs on Instagram each month, views the algorithm, like everything, as having divine timing. However, this doesn't mean each video you come across holds a message that's meant for you to internalise. I personally do not believe in coincidences, but I do believe in discernment, she says. Every message is not for you, and I believe that messages that require you to like, comment and claim are just influencers who simply want to boost their engagement. When Portia herself does mass readings to share on Instagram, she names which demographic she's referring to and asks for the messages to be delivered from the spirit via the algorithm to those who are seeking it. If I'm pulling on Capricorn's energy, I'll ask for the spirit to align this message with every Capricorn whose eyes will hit it, she said. 
Gaiman Bennett, an Associate Professor of Religion, Science and Technology at Arizona State University, claims an algorithm is not very different from a pack of tarot cards on a table. They're both just objects, and with that in mind, if you're a spiritual person, believing that a spirituality-charged video holds a divine message for you is similar to believing you were meant to come across a specific passage when flicking through a book. Yet, social media algorithms have proven themselves to have a power of persuasion, which is rarely seen from in-person interactions, leading people to niche and sometimes downright dangerous corners of the internet. When considering the fact that YouTube algorithms have been funneling people to the far-right viewing algorithms as holding divine power, this becomes concerning if we're no longer using our own judgement, but depending on that of a simple robot. After all, Facebook whistleblower Francis Haljan testified before the Senate Commerce Committee last year, saying the site's algorithm itself is, quote, downright dangerous. I hope we will discuss whether there is such a thing as a safe algorithm one day. Despite this, social media is still obviously a useful tool for sharing information, resources and facilitating connections. If it's okay for a TikTok tarot reading about a toxic boyfriend to resonate with you, then the rising message that the algorithm itself can be a useful tool for divine messaging can indeed be very concerning especially considering that young people's screen time has soared throughout the pandemic. And if the algorithm itself is meant to be spiritual, anyone in charge of it can continue to play God. This is a role not suitable for any one person, never mind the likes of Mark Zuckerberg. Next time your TikTok feed presents an idea that resonates with you spiritually, be sure to look beyond the screen, where random encounters and aha moments take place away from tech overlords. You smile has become my unofficial tagline. Well, it's not so much my tagline as it is a statement, but it always seems to find me, and I'm happy for it. While those closest to me have learned not only to accept but also to cherish my eternally optimistic outlook, it's a quintessential charlatism, declared a friend. Strangers are mystified, reacting as if they are seeing a pair of Balenciagas brightly in high heel crocs for the first time. But why? They imply through their quizzical looks and fidgety body language. In an ironic twist of fate, I suddenly find myself asking them myself the same question. Well, it wasn't actually just about me, but nearly after two decades of sporting pouts and blank stares on the runways, models this time were actually seen smiling for the first time in the spring 2022 shows. Giorgio Armani's muses sauntered blissfully as in an oceanic stroll. And at Chanel, models danced down the twat walk, twirling and hair flipping for the photographers. Flashes of pearly whites added to the joie de vivre at Zinnerman and even Monique Lehmann at ERL, both of whom chose to release photographs in lieu of putting on shows, managed to actually capture a happy few smiling faces. 
In my attempt to simultaneously defend my demeanour and uncover the answer to this catwalk conundrum, I discovered that the industry's penchant for the swing of pendulum is partially responsible for this fanatical face transformation. If fashion is heading in one direction, it must eventually go in the opposite. The same is true for models, whose expressions have swung from aloof to elated over the decades. According to Rebecca Halliday, assistant professor at the Creative School, formerly the Faculty of Communication and Design at Toronto Metropolitan University, and the offer of the fashion show goes on, but all began back in the 1800s, when one Charles Frederick Worth, the inventor of the couture salon presentation, referred to his show as mannequin parades. The unsmiling model is the product of an ultimately European reference for a certain conformity. She wrote in an email. The runway model is derived from the concept of the actual mannequin, so there's a sense of blankness that fashion came from to expect from these women. Just don't confuse an empty stare for an empty pocket. Stoicism, also reflected an air of wealth and status, points out Café Le Drew, the president of Toronto-based Le Drew Models. Le Drew, who has represented the likes of Chanel Iman, Iman Ackerman, and Monica Schnari says that in the 19th century, models were asked to essentially emulate painted portraits, where happiness was historically associated with the poor, the mentally ill or the drunk. Certainly not great company for couture. Ledrew says that the rise of ready-to-wear in the 20th century introduced an alternative to the stiff skill of French houses. Mary Quant, who has been credited with pioneering the 60s miniskirt, was one of the first such to embrace these elated expressions and actually instructed her models to smile when they were presenting her designs both on and off the runway. However, for the transformation from Guerre's to Grins to take full effect, it took the work of not one but five gorgeous women, the supers. Linda Evangelista, Naomi Campbell, Cindy Crawford, Claudia Schiffer and Christy Tillington. Contrary to fashion folklore, these supers didn't become stars overnight. Dr Sonia Abrego, design historian and associate professor at New York Parsons School, defines the 80s as an acceleration of what was already going on in terms of celebrity and designer culture. These models reached bona fide pop icon stages, with paychecks to match through unparalleled exposure in magazines, music videos, runways, commercials and billboards. It changed how the clothes became from being the most important thing on the runway to the actual models, noted Rue. The Supers' personality and joy-filled catwalks famously culminated in Versace's Fall 91 show when Evangelista, Campbell, Crawford and Turlington closed the presentation by linking arms and lip-syncing to George Michael's freedom, recreating his most iconic music video on stage to date. But to paraphrase Sir Isaac Newton, mouths that turn up must eventually come down, and although there's no definitive moment at which a joyful contergence was outlawed, new constructionism designers, teenage angst and the rise of grunge and heroine chic, and its poster child Kate Moss, eventually led to the model pout we've all come to recognise and secretly love. Japanese designers Yoshi Hamihoto and Rei Kawakubo, creative director for Comme des Garçons, arrived in Paris in the 80s, and their dark and disturbing designs were mentally diametrically opposed by the theatrical opulence that defined the era. 
The aesthetic was pared back so it would look almost goofy for models to have a grin or a bouncy walk while wearing those crows, said Abrejo. This trend indeed was also born from the oppositional effects of the ever-swinging pendulum and the flirtatious runway looks, which were superseded by serious clumps. Whatever ultimately happened to the cemented facial transformation and what was the need for the models to return to their mannequin roots and the garments to recreate on centre stage? Well, critics around that time were feeling that fashion shows had become a forum for the display of the celebrity rather than the presentation of the clothes themselves. So part of the return to the less performing but still performing model was a stripping down of the fashion show into its sheer core components. Perhaps it's no surprise that we deal with the bleakness of a global pandemic and the prospect of seeing pearly whites as more irresistible than ever. While spring and summer have come to represent a yearly renaissance of shorter parts, exposed toes and floral prints in 2022, we are also celebrating the emergence of in-person shows and simultaneously to a throwback of a time when fashion felt like it could embrace some excess and spontaneity. I must say it's nice to see people's entire faces again, even if it just is for a fleeting moment. It seems that in these models and designers, I've actually found a kindred spirit. As I watched 2022's New Muses danced in the Chanel catwalk several weeks ago to a contemporary cover of Freedom by Christine and the Queens, I felt a wave of hope wash over me. It's not because I'm a fan of George Michael or shoulder pads, but it's in fact for now because smiling is cool. Well, it is, at least until the next fashion cycle. join me for the next Fashion Mode show where I'll be looking at all the news and headlines that have recently hit the international fashion press across New York, London, Milan and Paris. With more details and features to follow, you can catch up with all the fashion news on forcmagazine.com and at Force Magazine on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also keep up to date with the latest shows directly from iTunes, Spotify and Google Podcasts. Until the next time, keep your fashion mode on.